So you've literally rushed in, sat down and switched the mic on. So thank you very much for that. Although I've been waiting here for 15 minutes, can I just point out? But that's OK. We'll overlook that. Thank you. Um, well, I, I've actually been to a, a genuine meeting in the office. I've been into the oh, office. Oh, well. First time in four months. How was that for you? Slightly surreal. You have to areas where you have to wear a mask, Obviously. and uh, the only mask I had was the one with "Bless Off" written on it. <laughs> That's so brilliant. <laughs> so I'm walking about in a, in a, a lovely Christian organisation with the phrase "Bless Off" plastered all over my face. But it was alright. It was good. Yeah. Oh, that is excellent. We want photos, please, which I should put on Facebook, which is great. Also, I've got some good news because mm. I feel like the whole direction of the podcast is moving now and we've got a new direction for it it's basically a kind of got a kind of courgette recipe sharing vibe going on it's already happening on facebook i think we're just mm. going to catch up with yeah. where the people are at it's great yeah thank you right all right yeah right thanks enough of that let's let's get on with the show huh. Welcome everybody to episode 123 of Fun with Courgettes. Hey. My name's my name's Nick Page, and we're oh over God. to the the Count of Courgettes. Hi, Joe Davis. Hi, it's great to be with you. And this week we'll be focusing on courgette and brie soup. Oh, is that a thing? That is a thing. It's delicious from the Covent Garden Soup Book. Oh, it's just amazing. Mm, okay. It's so simple. You would like that. I I guarantee. I mean, you liked courgette curry by your own admission you yes, just yes. Boil, boil up a few courgettes you literally just throw a little wedge of brie in it melt it bish bash bosh delicious i'm glad you're remembering the truth now that i did like the curry oh yeah i know yeah i've moved on because i'm converting you in keeping with the theme of what is the gospel you're converting me to the gospel of courgettes <laughs> courgettes are there for you <laughs> yeah exactly uh, Anyway, you Can anything good come out of courgettes? I don't <laughs> how are how are you doing anyway? Cause... I'm all right. Yeah, I'm okay. Yeah, I went out to a pub. Did you? Well, I went out oh. to a pub. I had a pint of beer, two pints of beer in a pub garden. Oh, I haven't done that yet. It's a blissful thing. And then next day we went out on Saturday. We went out for lunch. What is this you speak of? Well, we sat in a in the pub car park, basically, where they put up some tables and there's a very good sort of van there called The Edge that does coffee and sort of... It does brilliant stuff, actually. It's just like a, a whole, a, a, you know, t- t- traditional English breakfast in a BAP. Oh, that's you know, a sausage, beautiful... Sausage, bacon, yes. egg, hash brown potatoes, barbecues. It, I, it's, it was a Nick, glorious, glorious thing. You got me at sausage. <laughs> 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 that famous cut scene from Jerry Maguire. Brilliant. Yeah, so that was nice. And I played bass with in a band with people. We're actually in the same in the worship band with the same people in the same church. Not on Zoom, actually. No, not. actually, yeah. we were filmed. It was rubbish because I was so rusty. I mean, uh, I hit a bum. I hit a bum note in the first line. But I don't know anything else. So it wasn't I, good. I, that for me, that always enhances the whole experience. Yeah, so I wouldn't worry yeah. about it. Yeah. It's, it's rather cringeworthy than having it on, on, on video. <laughs> How about you? How are you? Oh, great. Well, Sophie uh, came up for the weekend. She sends much mm-hmm. love to you. Uh, so that was great. We did a little Hamilton rap together 
which was great. Yeah, she sent me that. That I was know, lovely. That was you... very clever. <laughs> well, the thing is, she's, she lives with this lovely family with two gorgeous girls in Bristol who, who happen to be mostly vegetarian as well. And she'd been making a bit of a thing of like, I'm going home and I'm going to see her parents. I'm going to have meat. Now, we don't eat a lot of meat, but we allowed her to request what she wanted and she wanted steak. And they'd done this lovely song, <laughs> the girls, about missing her and don't eat too much meat and all this sort of thing to one of the Hamilton tunes because they're really big Hamilton fans. So Sophie did a response. It was very funny. I may put it on the Facebook page for everyone. It's very good. And yeah. Very creative. And, cork- and you know, cooking with courgettes. And um, I'm reading a great book that uh, your dearly beloved um, mentioned to me called Lost Connections. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she yeah. Really rates that book. Yeah, yes, I've just died, so I'll, I'll review it later. But, yeah, okay, enjoying great. it so far. Mm, mm. And we're doing, this, we're doing this on Tuesday because tomorrow... Oh, yes. Uh, well, I... Is it tomorrow? Yeah, it is tomorrow night. Mm. Yeah, I'm sneakily going to go and have a retreat. I am, Lovely. I'm going dark for a few days and, um, yes... Um, Excellent. Just, oh, I cannot tell you how much I'm looking forward to it. Where are you going to do this? Uh, to a top secret location organised by Travel Zoo. <laughs> ah, so okay. I'm going into. Okay. I'm going into the Surrey Hills. I'm not going to Minsmere, which would obviously be my first choice. But uh, but you're going to a hotel. I'm going to stay somewhere. It might be a hotel. Can't say. Is this? Are you, are you the you're the person who puts the eat in retreat? Yeah, <laughs> there may be some truth in that. <laughs> I couldn't possibly say. Oh well, there we go. Well, have a lovely, have a lovely retreat, and uh, yeah, enjoy I, yourself. That's I good. will. Thank you very much indeed. What else yeah. have you been doing? Well, fretting about this podcast a little bit because. Mm. Uh, you said, oh, what's the gospel? I said, oh, do you know, I want to write that down and I don't want to use churchy language. And everything. Mm. It's hard, this, isn't it? It's a nightmare, it? isn't it? <laughs> I, <laughs> I thought it was a good question. And, and then you... I started looking into it and, and it's horrible. <laughs> do you know, we had a few replies in and then literally today, and I haven't even opened the emails yet, I can see there are four emails right. about this. So... Um, we're going to read some emails, but clearly people need more time to get the things in. So please, if you're listening today and you want to respond to this whole thing, um, what you know, what is the good news? What is good news? What is the good news? How do you understand it now and how do you want to word it? Then please do write in to joe at midfaithcrisis.org before, shall we say, Tuesday. Yeah, I mean, we, it, it'd be really good to hear from you. We're um, you know, it's yeah. that idea of how can we express it simply? What would you say to someone in the pub or on the bus or whatever? No, you couldn't say it on a bus because you've got masks on. But, in, you know, mm. what, um, you know, if they ask you, well, what, what is what is the good news then? What would you say to them? And I I thought it was going to be a reasonably simple task. Yeah, get a nice but punchy, pithy thing. It, yeah, which we'll catch on. So what we thought we'd do with this podcast is make a start on it. We'll lay out some groundwork, some thoughts, and I'll do some yeah. Bible stuff, and you might whiffle about a bit. I don't know what you're going to do. Oh, um, yeah, I'm going to whiffle. And sure. we'll have a couple of emails, and and then we'll throw it back to you, and we'll pick it up next week. I think this is a very rich um, I do. topic, actually. I think it's very important. So, uh, yeah. yeah. So should we kick off with that then? Yeah, we, we should. I should say I'm excited about this as well. It just is just a lot harder than I thought it was going to be. Okay, so... Um, so a bit of feedback on what is the gospel. Beth uh, said this. And we're going to do, I think, 
three emails today and then finish somewhere good with a poem. So just just uh, coming up later on the Mid-Faith Crisis, episode one, two, three. I just thought I'd do it. Anyway, uh, Beth says this. Hello, Joe and Nick. I've not written in before, but I've been a happy listener to the podcast since the beginning of the year when I first stumbled across it. I guess I felt like writing in on this occasion because this is a question I've often asked myself over recent years. On first becoming a Christian in my late 20s, I happily and zealously evangelised to whoever asked or, as was more often the case, didn't ask. And I suppose at that time I was projecting my own experience as the good news. That is to say, I have searched high and low and finally realised after my much stubborn denial that Jesus was the answer. To what? I'm not quite sure. But he was the answer to <laughs> but he was the answer to my own particular spiritual search, and I believe passionately that he was the answer to every problem that ever has been and ever will be. So I wanted to help everyone out by letting them know that all was now okay. I've done the hard work of figuring this thing out, so now you can rest easy and know all your problems are solved. I was naive and arrogant and all those other words we cringingly associate with our first half of life selves. Now, in the midst of my own mid-faith and mid-life dark night of the soul, she says crisis is too strong a word, I've asked myself this question and mostly ended up landing on that God is our father. We can all have many different religious and spiritual experiences and beliefs, but to know the divine creator as our own personal father is, I think, the ultimate good news and what Jesus kept on banging on about. It is something I'm still trying to walk out in my day to day to know I have a good and compassionate and loving father right with me at every moment, protecting me, going ahead of me into my future, covering and redeeming my past, encouraging, strengthening and gently moulding me into the person I know deep down that I'm purposed to be. Easier said than done. And I know it is only by knowing Jesus that I can know God as this kind of truly present and active father. I happen to listen to an old Derek Prince prince preached the other day and something he said really rang true that is that the prophets painted a rich and varied picture of who god is but only jesus could show him as a father because jesus is his own son only the son can reveal the father and she says don't put it better than that proclaiming that good news is a little more difficult even the word father can have so many negative connotations to so many people surely mother would be a better portrayal for most of us etc for myself, I simply trust that Jesus knew that he was doing in revealing God to us as a father. But in evangelising, I honestly wouldn't even know where to start these days. As much as anything, I think I need a lot longer to let it soak deep into my spirit and to really live it before I can even think to start about telling others. And I doubt it will be about telling others anyway, but by simply living in that quiet trust of knowing who I am and who my father is that will do its own special work without the need for me to stick my oar in and presume someone else's journey is even vaguely resembles mine. Here's hoping anyway. I'm really interested to hear others' answers to this question and I still do have issues with the good news being so utterly intangible. Seriously, God. Now, if it were me, and she says, let it go, let it go, with little, you know, <laughs> funny musical notes. Thanks for a funny podcast, etc. Blah, blah. Thank you very much. Well, yes. there's, there's a lot there, but the, she's really saying the God is the Father is that's what's really good news for her yeah yeah which i think is interesting because i think certainly that's a key component of jesus message certainly is um, I, I i don't know how you found it but initially i mean what i did looking at, at, at the gospel was to go through i've done this very old-fashioned approach for me as i've gone through and i've i've mm. listed all the all the verses 
Have you? That mentioned the gospel or good news. You're like my friend who is a concordance. Well, I haven't <laughs> listed them out of the top of my head. I've got a computer program that I've used for years that is very, very good at this sort of thing. But, okay. but what's interesting... And then I started looking at it. As I started looking at it, I realised the term is just used in such different ways mm. within, within the Scripture. There's, so there's, yeah. there's no such thing, in a sense, as the gospel within within Scripture. Yeah. Or it doesn't appear to be. Wow, that's it, interesting. It appears to be different things to different people. I think that's where, kind of where you landed as well a bit, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I mean, I was, you know, I was just thinking, you know, if if you're chronically depressed, I'm not sure the good news is 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 first of all you you're a sinner, but don't worry, you're forgiven. I don't know. I, I'm throwing that out as a question rather than a statement. I think if you're blind, I think it's pretty much easier to know what good news is. You can have your sight. Um, you know, that would be good news if you were blind. So I, as I have been sort of thinking through the logic of this, it's occurred to me that good news looks different in different circumstances. And it might be, you know, the good news for you might be as individual as you are, possibly. Well, one of the interesting things is that... Um... There's a couple of things I want to talk about. One of the interesting things is that there's a two verses I never realised where Paul talks about my gospel. Mm. He says, my gospel is this. And 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 a lot of people have a lot of problem with this. Because yeah, really? it's, it's almost like he's he's saying, this is what I think. And and um, uh, so I think that there is an indication there that, that you know, to, to him there were some special factors at, at work that made that appealing to him. Um, the other thing that I, I've... I found when I was looking at it, um, and this is slightly nerdy, but it's that it's that the word is translated in different ways at different points, um, in at least in the NRSV, which was I was using. It, it, so so you have um, in in the in the Gospels themselves. I mean, it's a very confused oh. term from this point of view. But in yeah. in the in the in the Gospels and Acts, for example, is it, the NRSV translates it as good news mainly. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. the, the Greek word is euangelion, yeah, and, sure. and and it's the same kind of Greek word throughout. It's similar. It translates it as as um, as good news. Whereas when it gets into the letters, it tends to translate euangelion as gospel, the gospel. Mm. And I don't think this is a coincidence. It's, um, I am going to get slightly staty nerdy here. Yeah. Anyway, so there are. Um, 70 mentions of the word gospel, or this is the, the way mm. translated, the translated term gospel. 70, 70 mentions of gospel in the NMSV. Only one is in any of the actual gospels. That's in Mark. Yeah. So, 69 are in the letters. Um, 52 uses of the term good news, of which 36 are in gospels and acts, and only 16 in the letters. And I, be, I began to think, why have they done this? Yeah. What? Why? Good question. And why have they done that, Nick Page? Well, I don't know, but but I don't know, but I I wonder if it's what I've decided to call doctrinification. Oh, good word! That's a good phrase, isn't it? Yeah. I wonder if once it gets into the letters with Paul, then you're talking about the gospel, capital T, capital G. Yes. All right, and that's something you you we have to get right. And, you can't argue and, with that. <laughs> sign up to and obey and and. <laughs> Whereas before, when Jesus is talking about it, because he hasn't actually been through all that death and resurrection, but so he kind of quite got it quite right yet, mm. we'll call it the good news. <laughs> you know? yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's it it's because it means so yeah. many terms. It can mean 
It can mean healing. It can mean in, in, to Paul. Yeah. It certainly means inclusion. It can mean freedom, liberty, salvation, which is a, a difficult term for many people. But but th- that's certainly intrinsically mm. bound up with it. You can even use it as a time frame. Paul talks about how we work together in the early days of the gospel. So do you see what I mean here? It's not an easy... This is why I had such difficulty with it and why I've ultimately failed to provide anything beyond a few stats for this show is because it's a really tricky... It's interesting. And there is... To get right. Is there not a historical context? I was chatting to your, your mate Peter who lives down the road from you hmm. um, before this and um, and he was saying he'd heard someone speaking about uh, gospel and saying that actually... The Romans had their own gospel and they called it, you know, good news. Good news is we've arrived and now you're going to get, you know, all the benefits of Rome. I mean, if you stand in our way, we will kill you, by the yes, way. Yes, yes, <laughs> yeah. but, but hey, well, g- good news. The Romans have arrived. And so, you know, there's a sort of, you know, that perhaps there's that subversive subversive thing going yes, on here with, as absolutely. well it's, it, that's right it, 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 it's a term found in official imperial pronouncements mm. so the good news the emperor emperor's birthday always done this uh, good news we've won a battle yeah and so christianity's um co-option of the term is a deliberate yeah. subversive thing or jesus's use of it is deliberately I, subverting it yeah, I knew you would know about this stuff. I just yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think that's really important. Um, yeah, thank you. Shall we move on? Is this yeah? Okay? Let's do it. Because yeah, yeah. now this is shorter, but it was a lot, lot longer. Because <laughs> oh, this yeah, one yeah. is from our friend Angus, and he had a lot to say. And you know, he loves words as well. So he spent quite a lot of time talking about what we've just been talking about, and and he was also really wanting to say in the bulk of this email that the gospel itself is much more than simply the atonement. And then he says, therefore. I think the gospel includes a number of other things apart from the atonement. For a start, I think the gospel includes the healings that Jesus and his followers did. Mm. Most importantly of all, I think it includes the message that the kingdom of God was within them and around them. In other words, that God was accessible to everybody, not just to the high priest once a year and not just to the Jews, but to all people of all nations. And that God was our father, backing up Beth's email, not just Jesus' father. And that all we need to do to connect with God is to speak him privately in honesty and humility and in a spirit of repentance in fact the poorer and more humble you were the closer you were to this kingdom of god that would eventually come in its fullness on earth in some future time this is i think what the beatitudes are all about and are thus arguably the main original meaning that jesus was implying when he used the word gospel probably the aramaic word basatha and then he quotes uh, some of the beatitudes and then he quotes uh, the lord's prayer and uh, thank you, Angus. I love this stuff about the availability of the kingdom. And when I was going through the exercise myself, you know, I was wanting to use a word that wasn't kingdom because I'm not not too sure um, that kingdom is even a friendly word nowadays. But I, but I really feel I want to say something about the inclusivity of the gospel, mm. which is what mm. Angus was getting that there. Um, I think Do you know what you really want to say about it. <laughs> well, uh, uh, other than well, no, other than this, this kind of this idea of the the peace of God, the shalom of God, the relationship of God, this way of living that is right and in harmony with the universe mm, and the divine. Mm. It's available to you, not yeah. to the special religious few, but it's available to you, and that's what Angus was 
digging out when you started talking about the inclusivity. So I'm not sure what I want to say, but I will know by next week. I, I know, exactly. You see, this is why I mentioned I, I hit the same buffers because immediately what I came down to thinking about, well, what is the core? What's the most commonly associated themes with with the gospel? And the kingdom, the arrival of the kingdom of mm. God, it seems to me, is absolutely, absolutely. Sort of no doubt fundamental. In, yeah. You know, in Mark chapter 1, verse 14, Jesus proclaims the good news of God and saying the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. Yeah. So that's fundamental. But as yeah. you say, what does kingdom of God mean? Yeah, now? exactly. And then irritatingly, Jesus then, when he's asked that question, instead of giving a direct answer, just tells loads of different stories that are hard to understand <laughs> sometimes. Well, I think we know because we've talked a lot about yeah, we have. living yeah. with God and living in the kingdom. We yeah. kind of know, but I'm challenged to come about how do I express it to uh, people who to whom that is just gobbledygook. Yes, the kingdom exactly. Of That's what I've got to think through. And all the other yeah. um, bits that are linked with it, um, yeah, because because the, the other thing that forms a major part of the the good news in the early church is the story of Jesus. Yeah, which is largely linked with the resurrection. Yeah, resurrection's Again, not a very friendly word, uh, is it? Precisely, no. precisely. No. Again, what's that mean? Very Christian phrases. Yeah, how, how do we rewrite this? I don't, I yeah. don't know. It needs a lot more work. I wish I'd never asked the question in a way, but yeah. it needs a lot more work. You know, I think that yeah. we know. I think uh, come back to your inclusivity. That is a key concept. Paul comes mm. back to it time and time and time again. For yeah. him, the good news is the inclusion of the Gentiles. Yeah. That's a massive yeah. thing. So that is the idea. The kingdom of God is available right here, right yeah. now, and for yeah. everyone. Yes. Yeah. So that's a kind of important thing as well. Do you feel yourself getting a bit excited as you talk about it? Because I, I, I do. I do. Yeah. I, do. I mean, and I you... genuinely do still. And I know that last bit, my contribution was a bit geeky, but actually I really enjoyed it. And yeah, I've printed good. out all the verses and I've started it out. <laughs> it's like I used to do. I've I've kind of rediscovered the joy of doing a good old fashioned bit of yeah. exegesis. But um, no, it's it's complicated, isn't it? It is com- more complicated. Is. I like that you're geeky, by the way. Don't don't change. Oh, well, thank you. Don't go changing to try and please me. <laughs> Thank you, as it says in one of the Gospels, I believe. It does, yeah. Right, okay. So then Mark says this. Just listen to your latest courgette-inducing episode of MFC. Great question to finish, which is kind of one of those questions that you think you have an answer for, but when you really think about it, the the foundations crumble a little. Yes, thank you, Mark. So here is a very inept stab at defining the Gospel. And God bless him, Uh, Mark. Thank you. He's having a go at it. So, the gospel is an announcement. Jesus is Lord. Caesar is not. Add in anything for Caesar that you wish here, he says. The gospel allows me to fess up to my role in disrupting Shalom. The gospel is an announcement that I am invited to return to take my proper place in the order of things. This is interesting, isn't it? Mm. The gospel is an announcement that this Jesus has done away with the death. This is good news. The gospel has nothing to do with reserving a place in heaven, he says, when I die and all that's associated uh, with that stuff. As Richard Rohr would tell you, this is a pagan image of a Zeus-type image of the gods in a lofty heaven. Um, So, yeah, no, but there you are. There's some statements about the gospel. It's an announcement. It allows you to take your place in shalom. Um, It's being in the proper place in the order of things and an announcement that Jesus has done away with death. 
That's a what good I, starting point. What I like it? about this, what I like about Mike, is he's got the context right. So the, we talked about the gospel, the good news being an official proclamation. Yeah. And he's 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 really embodied that in the He's trying to proclaim it. Yeah. Yeah, it's a proclamation. And I I, I um I liked the the idea of I guess it's a repentance idea of being invited to return to take my proper place in the order of things. Yeah. So you know that repentance thing, which we, yeah. we often associate with just saying sorry for your sins, which is part of that is actually turning around and moving in a different direction. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that's exactly that's exactly right. Yeah. But again, you come up against the language. Yeah, stuff, you do. You? And I was wondering about how does this vary? Now we live very, you know, we're starting to live in a post-theistic kind of culture so Mm. you can no longer assume that everyone believes in god so maybe the start of the proclamation is hey everyone god exists yes that's 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 where you start now what's god like you know so i don't know i mean i'm just throwing questions out with no answers here but how what is good news in a world that doesn't you know that is very materialistic and rational and yeah well part of why i got thinking about this well, quite a while ago, really, was that I had a conversation with a guy in a pub mm. who about Christianity. And uh, what he didn't accept at all was that he was in any way, he did anything wrong. He couldn't see mm. that in his, his eyes he was mm. a sinner at all. Yeah. And I found that really quite interesting. Um, yes. I, I didn't use the word sin. I was talking about the failure yeah. that we did. And he just didn't think he was a bad bloke. So yeah. the kind of idea, the goss, the good news being, oh, by the way, yeah. you know all those bad things you do, yeah. you know, you can change your life. I think we have to come back a step further than that because a lot of people don't think they do bad things. I know. I remember discussing this at college when we were doing modules on the gospel that actually, first of all, you've got to give them the bad news, haven't you? If, you, if you're a happy sinner, they're the hardest group to evangelise because they don't think there's a problem. Why, yeah. why is Jesus coming to fix a problem I don't have? I'm not a murderer. I'm not, you know, I'm not a nasty guy. Yeah. You know, so, yeah. so first of all, well, hang on. I, you know, I know I said this was good news, but no, you're wretched and you're going to hell. What? <laughs> <laughs> so that existence of God, presence of God, is very important. Yeah. So listen, um, thank you for that, Mark. Now, yes, the funny right. thing is about that, one, another reason why I wanted to kind of well, rather, I, well, another reason why I agreed with Joe that we should sort of stretch this a bit, not only because we're obviously getting answers in because we've got to do a lot of thinking ourselves, but actually there's a Renovare uh, web, webinar happening oh. as we are recording this. Is there? Which is um, about finding modern words for the good news. Oh, really? Uh, What's the our... We planned this well then, didn't we? <laughs> yeah, so it, it was time to go. So I couldn't listen to it. Get all yeah. the good stuff and then claim it as my own. Yeah. So I'm going to try and listen to that because that includes um, uh, our friend uh, Trevor Hudson on it, who's a oh a, wonderful, a wonderful man. So who's been on the podcast before? So we're gonna I'm going to listen to that. With feedback from that. We're going to do some more thinking. Yeah. We should probably commit to coming back with some kind of statement. I'm going to come next back with week. a statement. I, I'm, I'm excited. I want you to come back with a statement. I'm going to come back with a statement and as many listeners as possible to come up with statements. That'd be great. I think this is really uh, it is interesting. interesting. Isn't it? Yeah. Okay, but I don't want to, us to finish here. I want to finish with this, if that's okay. Is that okay? Yeah, because sure. time is marching on. Yeah. You know, time is money. Okay. Uh, this is from John. In fact, John 98, as I think we called him um, okay. once before. 
He says, Dear Joe and N, uh, I was particularly struck by Kelly's email in episode 121. Thank you, Kelly, for your questions and for sharing your experience. The ways in which I experienced God in a personal way in the past are different from Kelly's. Nevertheless, there was an intimacy and a real sense of present that presence that I found life-affirming. I went through a period of change asking difficult questions about God, the Bible, the church and all kinds of related matters. This lasted for years with many ups and downs, calms and crises. As I look back now, cliche though it might be, my time over that period was best mirrored by Israel's wilderness years. Now I find myself in a better place with a personal experience of God again that is somehow more grounded. Although that period of my life was difficult, disturbing and at times painful, I don't despise that time in the dry places anymore. In the best sense of the word, it was disillusioning. Many things that were unable to take the weight of my, my lived experience have been reframed. I am still, of course, a work in progress and have much to learn. I have not arrived by any means. Just ask anyone who knows me. Anyway, he says, I've spent a lot of time reflecting on this and recently, as part of a writing project, I wrote the attached poem. And he's given me an excerpt with it, which I'm sharing with his permission. It will be published one day, so we're not going to put this on Facebook or anything. Um, but it's called Resurrection. And I just thought this was so wonderful and not, um, well, not irrelevant to the discussion we've been having. Um, I thought it'd be a great way to finish. Is that OK? Yeah. So why don't we um, please do write in. Yeah. With your ideas about the gospel, help us out. Apart from anything yeah, else, because we're, yeah. we're heaven knows where we're going. Uh, send in, send in your emails and yeah. um, send them to Joe at midfaithcrisis.org. That's Joe with an E. Midfaithcrisis.org. Yeah. yeah, and uh, we'll be back with you next week. And why don't we just end with the poem? So this is called Resurrection. Where tall, elegant stems once stood, are bruised, broken reeds. Where vibrant green leaves once rustled are curled cracked shards. Where brilliant blooms once shone brightly are dead decaying petals. Where is your beautiful garden now? Hopes shredded, reduced to pulp, plans mulched, slowly decomposing. Dreams discoloured, bright to brown. In the hot, silent dark, all breaks down to nothing. But... See now, the lid is lifted, spring light pours in, dead waste richly transformed, is scattered on the cold barren soil and life returns, brown to green, where tall elegant stems once stood, delicate shoots reach up, where vibrant green leaves once rustled, crinkled new leaves unfurl, where brilliant blooms once beamed brightly, buds swell ready to burst, here is my garden, flourishing again.